You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. What does it mean for Jesus to be the Lamb of God? Find out in this message by Pastor John Del Rosario. Today, I am so excited for this new series that we are going to be starting. It's called Past Perfect. Can you say Past Perfect? And this is a series about Jesus. It's a series about the gospel. And you might be here and you're honest and you're saying, Huh? Gospel na naman? Ipaulit-ulit na rin yung gospel. Christian na kaya ako. Ba't mo pa ako pipreach ng gospel? That's where our troubles begin. Okay? A lot of us think that the gospel is an entry point to this group or this country club, if you will, that we need to be in so that we can be blessed by God. To a certain extent, that's true. But let me counterbalance it with this. The gospel is so big that it not only saves us, the gospel also sustains us. Can you say sustains? The gospel sustains us through the same gospel that saves us. This is what past perfect is. Don't worry, it has nothing to do with the English tenses. It's not going to be uh, uh, an English. A lot of people are saying, oh, English class to, ah. the Past perfect is just a play of words. What happened in the past, at least for us who live on this side of the cross, we live in AD, in the year of the Lord, AD. Okay? Past perfect, what happened in the past had been perfected in the past so that we are recipients at best today. Consider the things that Jesus had said in John 19, verse 30. One of, the, one of the last things that he said, one of the most glorious, if not the most glorious phrase in all of human history. It is finished. Happened in the past, perfected in the past. Hebrews 10, verse 10, one of my favorite verses, said this had been accomplished once for all. Can you say once for all? It's one thing to say once and for all. Tapos na akong tapos. Hindi. Once for all. Not for all, all, but for all who would call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Once, it's a glorious, glorious thing. And um, I want th- these are our four topics. Today we're going to be talking about Redeemer. Redeemer, are synonyms for Redeemer are Savior, Deliverer, Defender, Rescuer. Redeemer, we're going to be talking about that and how Jesus is the ultimate Redeemer. Second week is Mediator, we'll be talking about that tomorrow how he is our chief high priest, the, the priest to end all priests. Number three, very important idea. Hopefully you'll get some of this idea from this week and next week, not just on the third week. Jesus is our substitute. If you want to summarize the gospel in four words, Jesus in my place. Can you say that with me? Jesus in my place. Jesus is our substitute. Lastly, we're going to be talking about Jesus being the last Adam. The first Adam being Adam through which death, through his disobedience came. The Bible says, through one man, through another man, in obedience to God, eternal life comes, and that is through Jesus Christ. I'm so excited for this series because, you know, every year we have a Holy Week, and usually we have two, two services uh, in and around Holy Week. First is the Palm Sunday service, and the second is the Easter Sunday, or the Resurrection Sunday service. And that's only 35 or 40 minutes that we need to steward. But really, there's so much content to put as pastors, as ministers of the Word, that, that we would want to share to you, but we just could not because it's just one Sunday. This series is the answer to that tension. This series is a joy for me. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I have four weeks to tell you in whatever service I get to preach about the fullness of what the gospel really is. A lot of times, every fourth week, we, we take up communion. Hey, and we have somebody, some, sometimes a pastor, sometimes one of our leaders, uh, exhort us very quickly, three, four minute stops. And if, if uh, what, the, what this person does is just gives you a facet of what the gospel can be, 
and but really this four week series is the exhortation the comprehensive thorough exhortation that we would want for you to understand before we take up communion so at the end of our four series uh, four week uh, series on the topic of the last Adam, on the perfect man, we will be taking up communion. So our prayer and our hope will be we will be taking up communion like never before because we will have a fuller understanding of how the the finished work of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, is at the center of all human history. And he deserves to be worshipped in our lives as Lord, God, Christ, Savior, and King. This is our series. Are you excited for this series? Praise God. Okay, kala ko ako lang mag-isa. Anyway, sige, tuloy po natin. Series objective is this. Let me read it for you. To highlight the significance of God's sovereign plan for salvation that is revealed in the Old Testament. Sandali lang. Kala ko ba Jesus to? Bakit? Di ba New Testament si Jesus? Tama ba? But Old Testament to? Okay? Surprise. Okay? We will be talking about this and going deeper into this in this series. Fulfilled through Jesus Christ's life and death. It is made available for us today, resulting in a life and in accordance with the gospel. That last line is how the gospel sustains us, presuming that we have already been saved by the gospel. That's our serious objective. And just to start off our time tonight, have you ever seen a, a, a movie uh, that has an amazing twist at the end? Okay? You've seen a movie and you, you could basically predict it. Ah, this guy, that guy, uh, suspicious, about, suspicious about that guy all along. He's the one. He's the culprit. Okay? And you're so sure that you're so sure. And until 15 minutes before the end, everything turns on its head. Parang, ano nangyari? Talaga siya pala yon all along? Tatay pala niya siya ganito? And you want to watch the whole thing again, knowing what you know now. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you with this movie? Ano ba to? Church ba to? Bakit the sixth sense yan? This is an amazing, amazing twist in the end. Right? Parang, di ba? Sino ba sinyong di pa nakakapanood ng sixth sense? Sige, spoiler alert. Okay? Nung nalaman natin na, ay, balak mong panganawarin? Oh, sige, sige. Wala na lang ha. Basta, kung malaman mo yung twist sa huli, ay, ganito pala siya, kaya pala niya nagagawa to. You'd wanna watch the whole thing again if you could go through the scary parts. Diba? A lot of people are so scared of this movie na parang may narinig ako sa radio station eh, na, uh, hey, after watching The Sixth Sense, do you want to have a sixth sense? I know ha, not even one. Na ayaw niya, dewag. Any case, next movie is The Usual Suspects. Have you seen this movie? This movie has wrecked a lot of friendships. Because, parang, panuurin mo, si ganito pala yung ganito. Boom, hindi na sila magkaibigan hanggang ngayon. Hindi na sila BFF. There's a movie that you could probably ask, but it's only on Betamax. Sorry. <laughs> but it's a great movie with a great twist in the end. And this one, Interstellar. Sino sa inyo nanood ng Interstellar? Sino sa inyo hindi nakaintindi sa Interstellar? <laughs> Di ba? Di ba? A lot of people want to watch Interstellar because of the twist in the end. It's a really, really great twist. But a lot of people want to watch it again because... Ano daw? Di ba? But if you really want to get it, like Pastor Edre, he got it like that. He wanted to watch it because he wanted to get the fullness of it. This is really what the series is all about. We really want to get the fullness of what the gospel is telling us. The gospel, the word of God is like this. especially. For example, you read scripture from Genesis until you get to John. You're about 85% of the way. And then you hear this. You read this. He was talking to the Pharisees, rebuking them. The Pharisees memorized scripture. Memorized Leviticus and Numbers. 
tayo nagbabasa lang ng backslide na yun, di ba? Parang gusto ko maging, maging kristyano. Numbers Leviticus, paulit-ulit. You search the scriptures because you think that in them, you have eternal life. They memorize it, they make rules so that they can feel self-righteous about it. And Jesus says, you are wrong. You, have, you are so wide of the mark. And it is they, the scriptures, that bear witness about me. Another translation says, the scriptures testify about me. All of it, all of it is about me. You see the kings, I am the king of kings. You see the priests, I am the chief high priest. You hear the prophets, I am the word of God. It's all about me. This is an an astounding claim by Jesus. All of scripture had been all about him from day one. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Don't you find this astounding? I think it's great. On a more serious note, do you know who this is? Okay, pag Sesame Street baby ka, kilala mo to. Pagka hindi, picturean mo, Google it. Okay? This is, who, who is this? Oscar, yung apelido niya. Tama, De Grouch. Okay, parang yung French yata siya. Oscar De Grouch. And he lives where? Obviously, okay? May, may, medyo may hint kayo dyan. He lives in a trash can on Sesame Street. And there's one curious thing about this trash can. What is it? Napanood niyo ba yung episode na yun? Ano yun? Sige, sige, ano yun? Yung may daladala siya sa Salbabida. Diba? Tapos, oh, halika na, labasan na kayo. And nine of his friends came out of the trash can. And ako parang, grabe talaga. Ano ba yan? Diba? Gano'n ba kalaki yung trash can na yan? And I got so obsessed as a little kid. I watched Sesame Street in the morning, Sesame Street in the afternoon. Kahit na pareho-pareho lang siya, hinihintay ko. Baka magkamali. Diba? Yung director would decide, sige, pasukin mo na yung trash can na yan. Diba? Parang may hope ako kasi yung, yung uh, imaginary friend ni Big Bird, si Mr. Snuffalapagos, eventually pinakita nila eh. Eventually, papasok din tayo sa trash can. Eh, hindi. Munti ka na ako magka-nervous breakdown as a, as a kid. So obsessed about this thing that grabe na panaginipan ko. Napumasok daw ako sa loob. Niyaya ako, BFF ko si, ano, si, si Oscar the Grouch. Nung nakita ko, grabe, may basketball court dito, may climbing wall dito, may swimming pool dito, may rowing lake doon. And I just remember vividly in my dream, this is big. It's so big in here. Ang laki nito ah. Then I woke up. Tapos nagtantrum ako. Augustine, one of the church fathers, said, said it something like this. I see the depths, but I cannot see the bottom. He was talking about the mysteries of the Bible, the depths of the gospel, and the gem, which is the person and work of Jesus Christ. I love the gospel. I don't mean to demean it by any ways, but let me do this. If you think the gospel is the trash can, it's cliche to you. Let me invite you. Let me appeal to you during this series. Come, take a peek. It's deeper than you think. And it is a place that you will see the high beauty of God. That when your heart gets captured, you will never recover from this. Are you ready for this? Praise God. Luke 24, verse 44. On the road to Emmaus, two disciples, one of, it, one of them is Cleopas and the other is unnamed. Jesus said, Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law, and the law of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms must be what? Fulfilled. Okay. Look at Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. That's the whole Old Testament in your Bible. All of Scripture at that time pointed to him, and he will fulfill it. Jesus Christ fulfills the Scriptures. Jesus Christ fulfills all of the promises that God makes in Scriptures. 
Jesus Christ. He meets God's just requirements to show God's justice. And he also accomplishes God's rescue mission to show not only God's justice, but God's mercy to us as well. Jesus fulfills Scripture. That is how big it is. And this is where we enter the story that we will be talking about tonight. The story, this is an amazing, amazing story, and we all know this. If you, you've watched Superbook or The Prince of Egypt or the Charlton Heston Ten uh, uh, Commandments, this is an amazing, amazing story. Even non-Christians are aware of this. It is so amazing, a story, that they even had Batman play the re- lead role this time. Okay? Batman, sinabi, I will do it. I will say, let my people go. Let my people go. Di ba parang Batman voice? Ganito po yung nangyari. The year was 1446 BC. 1446 BC, and they were serving under a pharaoh under the name of Thutmose II. He was a very ruthless uh, pharaoh, and the Israelites were under miserable bondage under this pharaoh. As, as the people that he wanted to build a legacy of a, parang, parang a, a, a landscape of bricks to elevate his name, to, to, to support his claim that he was deity. So God calls Moses for leadership. And he was a stutterer, um, just like me. I'm a stutterer. And then sinamende, ako naman na maglilide. You're just here to, to be my, uh, uh, my, my co-regent. You will be the leader. I will. Yeah, my gospel, my power is powerful enough that it, it will not be hindered by your weakness and your, and your inadequacies. So this is what happened. Through Moses, God appealed to Pharaoh, stop your oppression, stop your tyranny. But you know what happened. This Pharaoh was very stubborn. So what, God, what, what did God do? He used the plagues to kind of sway his arm a little bit. So you know the plagues, water turned to blood, and then there were uh, infestations, right? frogs, gnats, flies. And then after infestations uh, were pestilence. Livestock started to die. And then we come to the 10th plague. This is where we enter. The sword of justice will be pulled out of his sheath. And on that one night, every firstborn in all of the land of Egypt, Israelite and Egyptian alike, will be slain unless God's provision is taken up on by faith. And this provision will be... There's a fellow who will, who will figure very well in, in this provision. This guy. He probably had a name. He was a, a year-old male, a lamb, and he, this guy needed to die. This guy needed to die, and there were strict uh, preparation uh, instructions on how to prepare this guy, how to eat this guy, what to do with the leftovers, and how to dress even uh, while, while consuming this guy, and what to do with his blood. And you know what to do with his blood. The blood would be on the doorposts and the, and the horizontal bar, basically the doorframe. And when the angel of death, the destroyer in Exodus 12 says, when he passes over and he sees the blood, he will pass over and save and spare the people in that household. Thus, we call it the Passover. So in any home at that given day, in in the land of Egypt, there was either a dead lamb or a dead boy. This is where we pick up the story. Could I ask you to stand up on your feet as we talk about how Jesus the Redeemer had been really revealed from Exodus chapter 12. Could you turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12? We'll be reading three verses. Exodus is the second book from the start of the Bible, Genesis and Exodus. And if you could turn to chapter 12. 
We'll start reading from verse 11. Could you read with me? One, two, and three. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in all of Scripture. You may not be in all of the verses, but all stories, all characters, they whisper your name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use us as you have awakened our sleeping hearts to the majesty and the glory and the lordship of Jesus, would you do that today for us as we look through Scripture about Jesus being Redeemer? We ask that you give us minds to understand and hearts to receive so that we may live lives worthy of your gospel. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Take your seats, please. It's an amazing, amazing thing that it captures the heart of people, Christians and non-alike, of a particular theme of a movie, that of being rescued, that of being delivered, that of being not left alone and served ultimately by giving of one's life. Like this. You probably know this. Telltale sign, the blockbusters that people all around the world pick so that they may become blockbusters. Jack dying for Rose. And only Filipinos can spot there's room on that. In our home, we could fit two people there. That's a single bed. But that's how the story goes, and that's why it became a blockbuster, because there's something noble. There's something that your heart is yearning for someone to do for you, that perhaps you didn't deserve to be done for you. Next, you know this guy. This guy is Harry Stamper. Hindi die hard, He's in an astronaut suit, so that's Armageddon. Hey, Armageddon. This, is, this had become a blockbuster because all of the people find it noble that someone would die not only for his friends on that particular comet, but for, the, for everyone in the world. Basically, he was a functional savior, this guy Harry Stamper was. That's why Armageddon was a blockbuster. I don't know if this is a blockbuster, but it, it gained a lot of revenue. This is Ransom. Have you seen this movie? Ransom. Okay, this, a lot of people in the Philippines watched this because this was a time where kidnapping was, uh, uh, was rampant. So some people uh, kidnapped this kid and he spared no expense on wanting to win him back. He had a lot of money. This next guy didn't have a lot of money. What he had were, were uh, a, a very particular set of skills. Out of a very long time of, of learning on the job and he will find you. Mas magandang Tagalog eh. Hanapin kita. At pag nahanap kita, papatayin kita. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You watch it on YouTube. Okay? Uh, magiging bangungot ako ng mga katulad mo. <laughs> MI. This is MI3. He would save his wife that he would, to the point of death, he even died in this movie, didn't he? He did. Okay? And uh, 24. 24, diba? Jack Bauer, a functional savior. You would, you would love to have this guy on your side. 24, probably one of the highest grossing TV series uh, of all time. But there's this one fellow that doesn't even need a gun. Okay? Ito nakakaangas na, diba? This guy doesn't even need, need a gun. Diba? 
Diba? Ganyan lang eh, diba? If he were in the movie Exodus, let my people go. Ay, okay na, okay na, okay na. Diba? Grabe, I think popularity that can only be equaled by our pambansang kamao. The Filipino people love this guy because of the roles that he played. Defender, rescuer, deliverer, redeemer. Do you understand where, where, where this is going? This is why uh, we are talking about this, but because this is inherent in our hearts. We want someone to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. I remember wa- watching the very first movie of the Narnia Chronicles, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hey? When, when Aslan, hey, the prefigure of Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead, you remember this? The lion, when he rose, all of the movie house in Greenbelt, fellowship <laughs> kayo. It's not a Christian thing. It's a human thing. It's a human thing to want to be rescued. We are in search of someone who would be a champion for our hearts. That's why we root for underdogs, for them to win. All of this is pointing to one glorious event that God did so that we can have a way to be saved. Brings us to the Passover. The Passover is basically a rescue. It is a rescue from somewhere that you cannot rescue yourself from. If you've seen uh, Prison Break, you cannot Michael Schofield your way out of this situation. Okay? The, is, uh, uh, Egypt is so vast, if you run, you'd probably end up dead in the Sinai Peninsula before you got anywhere far from Egypt. You cannot save yourself from this. And for us to be able to explain what really got into this, to understand Egypt, we need to understand what this word is. Can you say firstborn? Firstborn. This is deeper than just panganay. Panganay po ako. It does mean that, but it goes so much deeper. And we need to understand this, and I would ask you to pay attention. Here is what this means in the culture of the Bible. Okay? May, may pinanggalingan po siya. It has a root so deep that you and I could relate. And it, ha- it had been overcompensated to an extent that you and I can still relate. Here's how. All of us have not lived uh, the life that we, we, we think we ought to have lived. We did not live a life to our own understanding that we should live because God is worthy. Another way of saying this, we lived lives that are sinful. All of us think, regardless of religion, we think that we have sinned. And our biggest, biggest concern is for our sins. What goes around comes around. Okay? This is the same parallel as the Buddhists' uh, uh, conclusion that there is such a thing as karma. Okay? The Jews think this way. Oh no, my past is going to haunt me. My worst, my, my worst nightmare would be for my son to experience the guilt, the shame, and receive the punishment for my sins. So what do I do? I protect my son. I sacrifice everything. I put him first. Here in the Philippines, you, you have heard of many people, many families, sacrificing everything that they have so that this one person out of many siblings, para makatapos ng mapag-aaral, para makalan ng magandang trabaho, we want to spare you for, from all of the hardship, hardships that we have experienced. If you make it, then we made it as well. On one end, it's that. It's protecting this one person so that this person would be spared. Parang as, as if he, were bringing the, he or she were bringing the, 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 the name or the legacy of the family. But here's what, what happens. From this protecting of this child, what happens is over time of sinfulness in the heart. Okay? Ang nangyari po, 
pinapasok na, ini-invest na dito sa, sa bata na to, yung panganay. Our hope and our future are in you. Galinga mo sa trabaho kasi maghihirap tayo. Do, do, you see, do you see this happening? We see this happening in the, in the Philippines all the time. And this is the very same culture in, in Judaism as surely in the time of the Old Testament patriarchs. These are both at play. And let me explain this more by bringing you to Genesis 22, verses 7 to 8. God had finally given uh, Abraham's prayer request for him and uh, Sarai to, to bear a child. And that child is Isaac. And when the child was a teenager, God had inexplicably asked him, at least for us, inexplicably for us, asked Abraham to offer Isaac on top of Mount Moriah as, an, as a burnt offering. And they were on their way three days through their journey, and they were on their way up the mountain when Isaac asked this. Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, behold, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Okay? So at this very point, the last thing that you would think that Abraham was thinking is, what a monster God is for him to answer my prayer and take it away. Because of what we had just explained, this is what he was thinking. Oh no, my sins have finally caught up with me. It's my fault. God is just. God is good. I'm at fault. Might as well surrender my, my, my son Isaac. On the other hand, he was also saying, I will be the father of many nations in my own flesh, from my own blood. And it is through this person. Wala na rin yun. My hope, my dreams, my future, wala na rin po. Ito po yung kalagayan ni Abraham nung time na to. But you know what happened? He was basically asking something of value to him. So much value that he considered it, this is my firstborn, all my hope is here. But I'm gonna give it to you, God. I hope that you would receive glory from it, that I would pay my sins for it. The firstborn is to pay for your own sins. But God, at the last minute, stopped that. Okay? I needed to see that. I needed to see that you were willing to give your firstborn the very thing that you value to me out of devotion and faith to me. But no, your firstborn will not be able to pay for your sins. Your sins would still need to be paid for. I will remind that to you at a later time. That's why in Exodus 22, Numbers chapters 3 and 8, you would remember this, the firstborn belongs to the Lord and you need to redeem him. This means that sins need to be paid for, but not by our firstborn. God himself will provide the firstborn. And verse 14 says, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. It was provided on Mount Moriah, but hang, hang in there. You'll probably know where this is going. On another mountain in in the future, God will provide in an even bigger way. On the mountain of the Lord, God himself will bring up his own firstborn. But at that time, there will be no one to stop the process. There will be no one to bring rescue. Because this firstborn, he will be the rescuer. He will be the redeemer. Are you following me? Jesus is the greater Abraham. Jesus is the greater Isaac. Isn't Jesus so big, bigger, bigger than we think? Let's go back deeper into, into scriptures. Genesis 4 verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock 
and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. So for some reason, in the time of, a- of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, God had already communicated his desire for a, the, the quality sacrifice, the firstborn. Okay? And, he, and, and God had approved of this. Going back, one more na lang. Genesis 3 verse 21, to prove that the story of the Lamb encompasses all of human history in the Bible. The Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothe them. Do you think God can make gar- garments of skin just from thin air? Of course He can. But do you think that's the way that He did it? This is already at the time of the fall. Right? In shame, Adam and Eve had already run from God and sowed fig leaves to cover themselves up. But God, in His judgment, but still in His love, He says, I- I'm going I'm to protect you. I'm going to give you sufficient clothing. And I think, well, a, a lot of scholars that I've been reading think that this is the very first time that God had to take a life just to provide protection for His people. This is a precursor, a foreshadowing of what He would ultimately need to do to ultimately save us from sin, Satan, death, and hell. I have three points that would flow from what, what we have just been reading. First, the perfect lamb. God desired the perfect lamb from the Passover, um, Passover episode. But I need, I need for you to see that it, was, it, it had always been pointing to a, an ultimate perfect lamb. Exodus 12 verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. First of all, a male. It was a patriarchal society, which probably you... You and I could see, could understand how would that would be like because we're kind of like a patriarchal society. It needs to be a male. Not that men and women are basically the same in value before God, but the roles are different. Okay? The roles are different. The men had been given more responsibility. That's why covenants have always been uh, made with men. Genealogies have always counted men. A man, so, so uh, uh, a lamb, which is a male, and a year old. A year old is basically young. Jesus died in his 30s, which is basically young in the life expectancy of that time, really pointing to Jesus. Your lamb shall be without blemish. It should be spotless. So the people need really to to, to have a careful inspection. Malachi 1 verse 8. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, defective animals, is that not evil? God says. And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? For one to be without blemish, without defect, dapat walang open source, no infections, no diseases, no sicknesses, uh, no patches of bare skin. It needs to be perfect, the best of the lot for it to be considered pure and acceptable to God. It's really pointing to the moral perfection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First Peter 1 verses 18 and 19 says this, you were ransomed. You remember what we were talking about, the firstborn? Hey, the firstborn carrying the sins of the forefathers. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. You may want to redeem these by these expensive things. These will not suffice. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, it had always been. The lamb being without blemish, without defect, had always been pointing to Jesus being sinless. 
A few scriptures that tell us that Jesus had been sinless. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake. Can you say, for my sake? For my sake, Jesus in my place. For my sake, He, God the Father, made Him, Jesus, to be sin. Take on our sin. Who knew no sin? He didn't have any sin. 1 Peter 2 verse 22 says the same thing. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit in his mouth. 1 John 3 verse 5 tells us, You know that he appeared to take away sins. He came down. He's God in the flesh to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. Jesus Christ in his perfection, he lived the life that we should have lived, but none of us did. Because Romans tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody sinned. Every human who, have, who has ever walked the, the face of the planet had sinned with one glorious exception, the God-man Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is sinless. He's the only person who's able to do what he's about to do. Being the perfect lamb for the purpose of being the sacrificial lamb. He is to be sacrificed. He was to be sacrificed to, to appease God's wrath. See, God is a holy God. Can you say holy God? He's holy. And holy isn't just holy for holiness sake. It has something to do with us coming to God. It's virtually, basically impossible. Because for God to be holy, He needed perfection. Nobody of us are perfect. That disqualifies every one of us. And a a holy God, the only righteous response of a holy God to sin is wrath, anger. That wrath needs to be lifted. That wrath needs to be appeased. The only way to do that is by blood. Not just blood. When you talk about blood in the Hebrew or the shedding of blood in the Hebrew, it really means death. Only death can appease a holy God of our sins. So a life for a life is what this is saying. Exodus 12, verses 6 to 8. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. So twilight, cut the long story short, is between 3 o'clock and 5 p.m. So this is basically when Jesus died as well. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, the vertical ones, and the lintel, the horizontal one, basically the doorframe of the houses in which they eat. Verse 8. They shall eat the flesh that that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Unleavened is without yeast. Yeast is uh, their, their fungi that you I- inject. Yung pang alsa ng tinapay. Okay? They fill it with carbon dioxide and it fluffs up. Because they were, they, they were rushing, they didn't have time to put in the yeast, so it's flat bread. Okay? Parang naan or chapati. Okay? So that, that's if, if you like, like Indian food. And bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Verse 11, In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. You should be ready to go. Just like when we had that, that shake drill. Okay, one minute to go. You need to be ready. When you hear the alarm, you need to run. Nag-participate naman sana ka tayo sa shake drill. No? Ganito din sila. When they were eating, they were expectant that we could go at any time. Upon the Lord's prodding through Moses, we can go anytime. God is going to lead us out of this slavery. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, yun na, shedding of blood means death. Blood means death. The blood of Christ means the death of Christ. Without death is how to read this. Without death, there is no forgiveness of sins. The only way to, to, to ransom a life that has sinned is to give up that life. A life for a life. So in the redemption, it will take the life of an innocent for you to have any hope at all of being rescued. Like this, like this guy. 
the life of an innocent. So, ano ba talaga? Is this guy, when you, when you slay this guy, does it really save you? What does it accomplish? Does it really save your soul? Did it really save the souls of, this, of the Jewish people who acted in faith and killed this guy on that particular night? Do you think it did? The answer is no. This guy's life doesn't rescue anybody. He is not the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. Though all of these sacrifices, they point to, they foreshadow the ultimate, the one and only Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's Jesus Christ. But there's one thing, that's one, one great thing that happened in, during the Passover. Their act of faith in, in obeying and putting their trust in the provision of God that He had outlined, that's one thing that would save them as well. So just to make things clear, this is where the cross of Jesus happened. This is where we are. How are we saved? We are saved by Jesus. Tama? We are saved by the, by the life and death of Jesus. We can look back almost 2,000 years ago to what Jesus had done for us so that we can be very, very assured of and confident of what Jesus had done. On the other hand, B.C., on the time of the Exodus, how are they saved? By works? They're saved by Jesus as well. But looking forward to what Jesus, expectant of what God would do to save them from their sins. I hope this is clear. Jesus is the Savior of people before the cross, people after the cross. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 makes the connection. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. This is how uh, the, the modern day Passover looks like. And this is, um, it is central to the Jewish faith. And this is how it happens. There's a presider. He's usually the head of the family. And how it starts is one of the kids, they start off with a question, parang script. Why is tonight greater than any other night? I'm so glad that you asked because tonight is the night that God had saved our forefathers in the wilderness from their affliction. And there are four cups. You can't find this in the Bible. It's research that we did just to, to, to inform you. Four cups. One cup, he stands up and prays and explains a particular part of the ceremony, then sits again. Second cup, does another. Third cup is where the account in the Bible come in. The third cup is where he was talking about God redeeming them. So there's a script. Okay? And here's what, what Jesus did. This is Jesus in the Passover among his disciples. How, how, how much audacity would it take for Jesus to call 12 heads of their family? They should be with their families presiding over their household in this Passover feast. He had insisted for them to come and hold Passover with them. He had that audacity because he says, you know what? This thing that we're happening, this, is, this had always been what it had been all about ever since time began. This changes the status quo. We are forming a new community. We are forming a new society. We are revising the, the Passover. The Passover looks millennia back to the past of what God had done. This communion, the Lord's Supper, the revised Passover is looking forward to the consummation of the gospel. And these are the ingredients on the table when the Last Supper was um, inaugurated. So there's, there's the cup. There are four of those. But this is the third cup that Jesus took, and this is the bread. He was talking about God's deliverance, dun sa forefathers nila, and he was going to hold the bread. And, and usually the script would go like this. This is the bread of our affliction that our fathers in the wilderness had to eat by the grace of God. Okay? But what did he say? He picked it up. This is my body. What he was saying was, this is my affliction. 
I am the one who's going to be bearing all of the people's afflictions for all time. I am the Lamb of God. What is happening today? I am the greater Moses, leading you to an even greater exodus, leading you to an even greater deliverance for an even, an even greater situation. This exodus, um, ginugal earth ko pa yan, nung, nung nag, nagata talaga sila, tumawid talaga sila. <clears throat> So nahanap ko, medyo mahirap, but since there it is, galeng no. So this was an exodus away from a captivity from political and economic circumstances. But this exodus that Jesus is taking them on, it's so much bigger. It's captivity from sin and death. This is so much bigger than they could have ever imagined. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb. He is the saving lamb as well. And you know what happened. We're not going to rehearse uh, what we usually talk about during, uh, during Holy Week. But here's what I'm going to be telling you. Jesus is the only way. Can you say only way? He is the only way to the Father. Exodus 12 to 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. See, God is well able to differentiate between Israelite and Egyptian. You, you find that into, uh, into um, plagues where the Egyptians were affected, but the people in Goshen weren't, the Israelites. But on this 10th commandment, he did not make that differentiation. He said all of the firstborn in, in Egypt, whether that be an, an Egyptian or an Israelite, they would be killed if they didn't have the Passover lamb's blood on the doorpost. Bakit po ganon? The Jews aren't saved, aren't rescued just because they're Jews. In the same way, when you come to victory, that, may, that, that doesn't make you a Christian. You need to act on it personally. Say personally. You and God know where you truly are when it comes to your devotion and heart's content. I pray that you just don't fool yourself and deceive yourself. Christian naman ako because I say the right words. Kamusta yung food? Anointed. Kamusta yung MI5? Uh, blessed. Di ba parang you could easily speak Christian and not be Christian at all. Parang ganun din po sila. Okay? We need to do something personally for our relationship with God. Okay, fast forward. John 1, verse 29. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold. You remember Abraham saying, God himself will provide the lamb. Sinagot po ng New Testament. John the Baptist says, Behold. Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world once and for all. Hebrews 10.10 10 says, Yung Passover meal would just take care of the sins of the people in that household who are sharing that meal for one year. Compare it with this. It takes care of the, of the sins of the whole world for all time. John 14 verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's as audacious as they come. This is an, an exclusive claim. So here it is. The cross of Jesus, where the lamb was slain, was on a mountain. And on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided because Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb who had died to save us from our sins. And this is so glorious that when we're already in, in heaven, enjoying eternal rewards with the Father, we would still be singing gratitude to what Jesus had done. A few of the lyrics of, of what we'll be singing in heaven have been printed in, in Scripture. Revelation 5 verse 12 we will be singing this. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and, and, and might and honor and glory and blessing. So if it's going to be glorious and marvelous in all of eternity, I pray that we behold it and have our hearts captured by it while we're here on earth and see how that changes the trajectory of our lives.
So how about these guys? This is going every year. 500,000 lambs are, are, are being killed during Yom Kippur every year. There's basically canals of blood flowing out from Jerusalem every year. Are they saved? Are they missing the point? Well, let, let me put it this way. We have a 10 days mission trip to Israel this, this November. These people are so near yet so far. They have missed that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the promised branch, the scepter over Israel, the branch from the stump of David. They have missed that He is the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah. And we need to tell them, relate with them, tell them lovingly that Jesus is the King. Ravi Zachariah says, Truth, by definition, it excludes. God isn't schizophrenic. He goes to one end of the planet. He tells one thing. This is what you need to do. You need to go on a holy war. You need to go to jihad. And then you go to another part of the world and says another thing. God is not schizophrenic. One is revelation. Another is man's speculation. Which is which? Ravi Zacharias from this book. He has this book, Jesus Among Other Gods. It's available locally. Let, let me quote you something from it. If you would put down side by side all of the religious superheroes, Siddhartha Gautama, uh, Muhammad, Jesus Christ and, and all of the other religious superheroes and you subject them to all of the possible tests archaeological tests historical tests corroborative tests journalistic tests Jesus won't just stand head, head and shoulders above them all Jesus will stand alone He is the only one true God let me, let me show you this phrase and if you were to ask an Israelite on the Exodus and you ask him hey who, who are you guys what, what are you guys doing and this is, they're going to be answering along these lines. I was a slave under a sentence of death, but I took shelter under the blood of the Lamb, what they did during the Passover, and escaped that bondage. And now God lives in our midst, and we are following Him to the promised land. It makes sense, doesn't it? Do you know that as a Christian, you will answer in exactly the same way? You, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, read it as a Christian. As a Christian, I was a slave. You were a slave to sin. Okay? Under a sentence of death, the wages of those sin is death. But took shelter under the blood of the Lamb, not just the furry Lamb, the ultimate Lamb, Jesus Christ, and escaped that bondage. And now God lives in our midst. I mean, looking around, grabbing problems, you just need to watch CNN. Things are messed up in this world. We're still in the wilderness. But guess what? God is in our midst, and He's taking us to the promised land. One glorious day. Jesus will come and take us for His very own. He will be our King and we will be His people. Jesus is the ultimate Lamb. Amen. I have a, a main point for you. Main point is Jesus is the Passover Lamb. The ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Can I ask you to stand on your feet, please? Before we sing, I, I really want to pray for you. One other amazing, amazing thing that Jesus said by way of application John 7 verse 2 says, Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. This is the feast of the tabernacle where they had been celebrating how God had been guiding them in the wilderness. And how had, be, how, how had He been guiding them? By a pillar of fire by day. Ama? This is the exact same feast that Jesus in John 8 claims. I am the light of the world. How awesome is that? Jesus was so sure that He is God in the flesh. 
I had always been leading believers to the right path ever since, and I am doing this for us right now. First Peter chapter 2 says, uh, we have been taken from darkness to His marvelous light. First John would say, if you have indeed been taken from darkness into light, then you should have nothing to do with darkness. And I am here to invite you. If you are here and you are saying, Jesus is my Redeemer, I claim that He is, uh, I have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. So I appeal to you as Christians, have nothing to do with sin, have nothing to do with darkness. I, I feel that, that the Spirit would want us to repent of our personal issues. If there are things that you brought in here, even as a Christian, through these doors, I pray that we leave it here. Could I appeal to you? If there is something, maybe immorality, maybe character issues, maybe, maybe things that you deliberately do for personal gain, that you know that you know that, that God considers a sin, could I, could I ask you, to lift up holy hands in surrender to God across this place. If you are that person and you are wanting to repent of some of things, even the smallest things in your life, thank you for those hands. I believe the Lord is blessed. The Lord is honored by your honesty and your commitment to this time. The smallest things, there's nothing so small that we cannot glorify God with. And you are saying, and dami ko na nabigay sa Panginoon eh. In response to God, God's graciousness through the gospel. He's saying that thing that you're holding on, the best of the best that you're hiding behind your back, that's exactly what I want. Because I want to be the Lord of your life. Would you give that to me? Would you give that today, friend? I appeal to you. Would you let Jesus be truly the Lord of your life? It's almost cliche, but it holds true. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, why call Him Lord at all? Don't just be with the crowd. Be a Christian here in victory. Lord, I speak a blessing over each and every person here who has lifted their hands. And with the, their lifting of hands, they're lifting up their very lives to You. I pray that You would hear Your people. Could You, under Your breath, repent of that sin, that immorality, that persisting thought, that whatever that is. Lord, I am sorry for thinking this. I am sorry for, for thinking that I can get away with this. Lord, I am sorry. This is not becoming of your people, saved by the blood of the Lamb. We are recipients at best, and the best that we can do is to live a life of gratitude to what you had done for us. God, receive all glory, honor, and praise from your people. In Jesus' name. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.